0: You wanted to keep going, don't you? I mean, some of you have seen the most, most of you've seen the movie probably. I wonder how many of you have not seven or eight or nine two or three friends who would be willing to go into the fires of Mordor with you as your friend. How many friends do you have that would fight evil? And uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's in the form of orcs. Ugly, demonic, nasty-looking things. Terrible. Which I think probably represents some of the things we deal with in life. Which is... Well, I love that clip, and it just, it just really gives us an impression and an understanding of what we're talking about. I can get by with a little help from my friends And in the song, he talks, and you, gosh, that was great, guys. Uh, He talks about all of that, and he talks about just hanging with his buddies, even some things that maybe we would not, not maybe, things that we would not approve of. Getting high with my friends, just hanging with his buddies. But in a much deeper sense, I think one of the things that's reflected in that song is that whole thing of, am I going to live in community, to use our term today, or Isolation? And unfortunately for too many of us, we've chosen whether we made the conscious choice or not. We've chosen isolation, even many times when we're married, many times when we have a so-called best friend. And I want to really get you to think about that. We were made to live in community. Isolation and depression and loneliness are um, are often a whole lot of different things. But it's often a part of our lives, and I want to read a little thing here to you. Um, It's our bent, oftentimes. We're bent toward times of depression. I'm not necessarily talking about clinical depression. It may involve that for some people. Um, God has something better, though. It's called relationship. Relationship, first of all, with Him, and secondly, with others. And what I want to do this morning, just in our few moments together, is just sort of nail down for you two or three, really three ways that I will be better with a little help from my friends. And uh, all of these are going to come from uh, the Bible, and uh, there's some great wisdom here. I hope you'll think along these lines with me, and just just however, however it hits you in your heart and in your mind, and, and uh, however it impresses upon you, there may be some action to take. Uh, can't say that for you. That's something you'll have to think through yourself, and maybe talk to someone about, maybe pray about. Don't know that that's, that's between you and, your, you and your whole situation and your life. But here are some of the ways, and there's a lot of them, and I'm just going to mention three of them, of what it means that, that, that I'll be better because of this with my friends. Number one, connectedness. Right? Connectedness. And by the way, as we talk about these things, certainly could we be talking about um, a marriage? Yeah, we could. But again, don't limit it to that could be your best friends, your, your your inner circle of friends. And you know, the thing about this whole connectedness thing, there's a built-in desire and a need in all of us to be connected to others. There's that need. Now, that need or that that desire can be squelched, and we can sort of turn that off to the point where we don't really feel like and maybe we don't even want to admit that we have that need. Let me assure you, you do. You were made that way. Years of living in isolation may cover that up, but it's still there, and you will be more fulfilled because that's the way God made us to live, connected with others. First of all, with God. Secondly, with others. It's one of the great things, by the way, and I don't want, you to, I don't want to be a distraction to you. One of the great things, I, It's sort of a stretch in this whole thing, but you know, you're going to hear kids here from time to time, which is we don't really care because uh, kids are, you know, those of us who've married, that's just that's just life. So if you hear them, I mean, you, know, you can think about connectedness, baby. that's it. You know, so uh, a lot of it there. But anyway, different kind, but it's there. All right, uh, let me show you. Let me show you. First of all, one of the you may you may not like me quoting this guy, but I don't care. It's true. It's good. Why? Why? why I do care. But anyway, look 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 at this. It's really a good thing. Gandhi. Look what he said. The test of friendship is assistance in adversity, and that too, unconditional assistance. Wow. I don't care who said that. That's good. That's true. Gandhi had a lot of good things to say, actually. i um, like to have worked with him a little bit on his theology, but that's a different deal, okay? Um, I mean, think about that. Think about that. Unconditional assistance. You know, we've said this, I've said this, you've said this probably, or something like this you go through hard times, you find out who your friends are. And sometimes you're surprised at who's not there, and you're often surprised at who is there. I have been more than once in my life. And uh, so that's what, that's that whole thing of that whole friendship, that little help from my friends type of thing. The Bible gives us even, I think, an even more clear view of this whole thing, and it's from the book of Ecclesiastes. And just follow along with me. I have this for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and no one and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. You say, mm, yeah, just stay with it. All right? But, 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 but how, how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, some of the keys to these people... And the reason he that Solomon gives us this bit of wisdom in the Bible, some of the keys to that is, and the reason the two are better than one is because there is an assumption here. And let me tell you what that assumption is. That assumption is that when one falls down, the other one doesn't sit there. Well, I told you you were going to fall down. You did this wrong, you idiot. What's wrong with you? I mean, you're a fool. You know that ever happened with you? That ever happened? You ever done that to your mate? Ooh. And, um, you see, the, the the assumption is the reason that two are better than one, is because we're going to encourage, we're going to help, we're not going to just sit there and condemn and judge and tell them "I told you so" and all the other stuff that comes along with that. You know, um, <laughs> I have a great quote here for you. I'm just going to I'm going it's, to it, it's, it's 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 we're not going to stand over the fallen, condemn, judge, or say, "Hey, what the hell's wrong with you?" I mean, how many times have you heard that? It's a great quote, isn't it? You can quote me on that, but um. That's happened. That's happened to all of us. And unfortunately, and I say this with grief, real great grief, the church, Big C, has been more uh, guilty of that than just about any quote-unquote institution that I'm aware of, which is why some of us say, I have a real hard time with the organized church. And I do. You say, well, that's pretty weird for a guy who's been a pastor for 25 years to say that. Well, that's why I have a problem. Because I've been a pastor for 25 years. And I've seen so much. I mean, somebody one time said that people in a bar treat each other better than many times people in a church do. And you know, many times that's true. I'm not proud to say that, but many times that's true. And we abuse one another, and some cases that happens in church, some cases that happens in marriages, some cases that happens in families. It's never right. And it's never good. And that was never God's intention. And we see that from these verses here. God says, I got you there to, to help each other, to keep each other warm, for, for you to bring, as a, in the film clip, for you to bring your sword, figuratively speaking, for you to bring your arrows, for you to bring your, your knowledge, whatever, whatever it happens to be. And whether that's two or three close friends or whether that's a, a few less or a few more, a couple less or a few more, you know, that's, that's all dependent upon your situation. There's something missing in our lives and we don't have that. Connectedness. Second reason I can do better with a little help from my friends is another word called encouragement. God help us all if we don't have encouragement. One of the greatest needs of humans transcending class, color, education, nationality, income bracket, one of the greatest needs is encouragement. And some people say they don't need it. I don't need that. They're lying. I've done that before. I don't need that. Yeah, you do. We all do. It may come in different forms. And, you know, we, we I was talking to one of our guys the other day, one of our, one of our artists, and he says, you know, we need affirmation. And I said, you know what? You're not the only one. You know, we may not get, you know, people going around clapping for us in our in our particular life jobs and chosen professions or whatever it happens to be, but but figuratively and in spirit, we all need that. We all need somebody to kind of give us a standing ovation every now and then, you know? We all need that. So obviously, we're different people in different ways. That happens and so forth, but it's a huge need. Let me show you something. This, this is some good stuff, and it's from one of the great writers uh, of our time. Well, not really of our time, but of, of, of certainly America. Uh, Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Let me show you this. This is this quote. The glory of friendship is not the outstretched hand, outstretched hand, nor the kindly smile, nor the joy of companionship. It is the spiritual inspiration that comes to one when he discovers that someone else believes in him and is willing to trust him. Just think about that. Isn't that good? The glory of friendship it's not the outstretched hand, nor the kindly smile, nor the joy of companionship. It's a spiritual inspiration that comes to one when he discovers that someone believes in him and is willing to trust him. That's a, that's a great thing. The Bible, the Bible has another way of saying it. Obviously, it's from God, and it's, it's I think, powerfully true. It's from Hebrews, it's chapter 10 in the New Testament, verse 24, I have it here for you in the New Living Translation. Think of ways to encourage one another to outburst of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Think of ways to encourage one another. Encouragement involves listening. Encouragement involves being able to sit down with someone and listening to them, not having to have my agenda, not listening, preparing an answer to them, or preparing, but just listening. That's a rare quality which tells you the sad state of affairs sometimes in the areas of of friendships and relationships in our world. It's a great quality of listening, affirmation. Sometimes we listen and we and, and sometimes it's kind of an amazing thing to me particularly in 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 quote unquote again church circles, which is where I've spent a lot of my most recent years, obviously, um, is that it's so many times it's we think that if we give affirmation to someone and things just aren't perfect, that we're somehow approving of something they did wrong. That's not the issue at all. We all need, no matter no matter what we do, no matter whether it's perfect or not, that the affirmation of hearing someone who trusts us, who, who's coming to trust us, who believes in us, say, man, that was really good. That was really good. That was great. We need that. We all need that. Don't deny that. Don't deny that to yourself. Now, I'm not saying you go around asking for it, but uh, hopefully... There'll be people in your life that will be able to be a part of that for you. Um, listening, affirming, even sometimes, I'm going to use a different word than what we normally use here, even sometimes uh, I call it clarification. Now, there's another word, it's a dirty word that we use. It's called, it's called confrontation. You know about that word? Yeah. And, and I don't like, I mean, I, I really like the meaning of confrontation. I like the results of confrontation. But I'm afraid it's come to take on a new meaning. And I think that new meaning has to do with the fact that it, it means some kind of a negative thing where we sit down with somebody, I'm going to confront you on this and confront you on this. And that's not at all what it means. So uh, someone suggested years ago, we use the word clarification, which I think is really better. We're going to clarify. You know, we're going to sit here and talk. Now, this is what I thought you said. One of the things Charlene and I did a few years ago when we had our little um, little, little, bout with the church by that, I mean, I, I got so disenfranchised and disenchanted with the church I just left church ministry and started doing some other things in d c with this group that does some things overseas and on the hill and things like that and uh, I just would speak in churches i wasn't, i wasn 't really interested in, in fact, I thought I was through pastoring churches i said oh, i 'm through with these people heck with them I don't, you know life 's too short for that i don 't want to do a lot of stuff again I just anyway, one of the things we did we went to this marriage thing and um, and it was it was not quote unquote Christian centered, church centered, or anything else, but um, it was just really about relationships, and, and it was really kind of kind of cool. And there was some stuff. I mean, there was some stuff of the inner child thing I had a hard time with. But anyway. You know, um, there was some really good stuff with it, and one of the things they did, they did a role play and taught us an exercise as a husband and wife of of communication, and it kind of went like this. You're particularly in in a, quote, unquote, confrontation, and she says such and such and such and such, and then one of the things they taught us is, repeat that. I'm hearing you say that you don't think I take out the trash enough, you know? And she says, no, 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 that's not what I said. Is that what you said? No. And you do this little role play back and forth, which was very helpful, actually, because in my case, it was the telephone. And the fact that I would be in the middle of a conversation with Charlene and and the phone ring, I'd say, excuse me, boom, hey, what you need? Okay. You know, I don't know if anybody else has that problem or not, but I mean, and, and of course, that was really, well, cell phones were just becoming more and more popular at that point. So, so anyway, we, we, we did this whole thing. But here's what's cool about that. There was a whole bunch of clarification. We didn't call it confrontation, but that's what it was. It needed to happen. It needed to be cleared up. Some things needed to be said on both sides. Here's what, that, here's what I think of when that happens. And it was really a healing thing for us and our relationship and so forth. Those kinds of things need to happen. Yes, in marriages, absolutely. But in other places, too. Friends misunderstand each other. Business, business associates sometimes need to sit down and say, wait a minute, here, let's, let's talk about this. Here's what I'm hearing. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Instead of, as I mentioned last week, instead of just calling each other liar all the time, because that may not be the case at all. So um, that's part of the whole thing. When we talk about encouragement, it involves listening. It involves affirmation. It involves clarifying. That's encouraging to get things clarified. And we understand each other, even if we don't totally agree, to be able to understand that. So... There you go. it's the first thing it, we talk about, and we talk about this, this connectedness. Second thing is encouragement. Third thing is sharpness. This is really good. Now, this is one of my favorite ones because let me show you the verse. Um, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so one man, anthropos, man or woman, um, sharpens another. You say, boy, that's really good. Is that written in New Jersey? No, that was written, I mean, it could have, couldn't it, you know? When you think about that, what does that mean? Sharpness. It's the sharpening through dialogue. Arguing, if you want to call it that. Differences. You know, I never have understood why we always want to have people around us that agree with us on everything. I mean, what's that? That's what I mentioned last week. I mean, the idiot that said, you know, you don't want to talk about religion and politics. Oh, great. I don't want to talk about the Yankees these days, right now. I mean, you know. Um, not right now. Give me, give me another month or two. I'll be okay, but still getting over that thing. But, but, uh, but I mean, that's the whole thing. Sharpness means we can sit there and we can disagree and we can question and we can say, well, what about this? And what about that? That's, that's how you get fine tuned. That's why, that's why I might read the New York times and the wall street journal. If you catch my drift. Okay. You get two totally different viewpoints. And of course, if I want to read something to agree with the Times, I'll just look up the National Enquirer. But anyway, it's the... Uh, sorry, sorry, I just had to throw that in. Uh, threw that in for my dim friends, okay? Um, love you guys, okay? Um, sharpness. You're getting sharpened, aren't you? Yeah. So I didn't come to church for that. Um, two... two uh, three Three T's here. I got. It. I don't normally do this, but I thought I'd do this just for fun. Uh, sharpness involves three T's. Trust. You got to trust each other. You got to believe that person cares about you before you get into some kind of a argument with friction and maybe a little heat. And you and you got. It takes time. The second and the third one really it could be fourth and fifth. You, you can't be afraid to go toe to toe. You can't be afraid to just Kinda in a loving, gracious, kind way, get in each other's face. That takes trust. That takes time. Let's don't jump let's don't jumpstart that, because that will that will fracture relationships and you know that. That takes in some cases for depending on the person lots of time. And lots of trust. But don't miss that part. I mean that's that's huge. Okay. These are the benefits, the ways that I'll I'll be better with a little help from my friends. And then here comes the question that that might come to you as we think through this. How do I get, how do I find people like that in my life? People who will help me struggle with the orcs of the world, the evil of the world, whether somebody else causes it, whether I cause it, whether nobody causes it. How do I find people like that? Go to Penn Station and hold out a sign, needed friend, you know? May work, I don't know. I don't know that I would try that. Probably about the only thing I haven't seen at Penn Station. But, uh, but who knows? Um, and and here's, here's the hard part. Here's the touchy part. Here's how you do this. You ask God to make you into this kind of person and friend. You ask God to do that in your heart and in your life. Um, a, re, a person in a relationship with God will always be more tuned in to a relationship with others. And you know what? Um, it's work. I'm reminded, if you saw the first debate, and I saw it sort of chided on Saturday Night Live when the president, by all accounts, right and left, uh, didn't particularly look sharp, and he was talking about the job of presidency. And he kept saying, "It's hard work. It's hard work. It's hard work." Bless his heart. i mean, It's hard work. And you know, I saw the thing on Saturday Night Live, and it was so funny. It's hard work. Got to come in on Saturday. Got to come in on Sunday. It's hard work. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but you know what? The presidency is not the only thing that's hard work. Relationships are hard work. And we have to be intentional about, about avoiding isolation. It, it's, it's work sometimes. Last night, I, I, we, we do this thing. i would say a real quick story. Um, we, have, we have a great children's program here because we have uh, college kids from PBU, Philadelphia Biblical University, and Nyack College who come in and help us every Sunday, every Sunday. And they're phenomenal. They're all either L. Ed. majors or majoring in something like that and have a great heart for kids. They all just really have a, have a desire to to serve God and to teach kids good truth that's going to help them through life and so forth. And we have, I don't know how many we have, 10 or 12 that help us every Sunday. And one of the things we did to try to help them out is we, we there's some apartments over here. And we went ahead as part of our deal here and got an apartment. So if they wanted to come up on Saturday night, they could stay in there. And we're still working out the key situation. Long story short, one of the guys comes up last night, doesn't have a key. I don't want to tell you who he is, but he's working PowerPoint this morning, okay? And, uh, he, 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 and, so, and so I get this call last night. And it's 1130. It's, it's thinking 1130. Oh, I got a key. I said, well, you guys are supposed to work this out. He said, oh, yeah. I said, look, I got, there's a key in the office, the key to the office. You know where it's hidden. It's hidden behind another building over there near there, which I always hide keys to it because I'm always forgetting them. And, um, and then I forget where I hid him, and I'm really in trouble, you know? Um, and so anyway, he said, oh, yeah, 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 okay. So it's 11.30 night, and that's 11 o'clock, so I go to bed, and I get another call about 11.30, and it's a cell phone, it's downstairs, and I heard it, I said, oh, heck with it, I don't care, And uh, which is not normally my attitude if you ever call me that time of night, but um, I had a feeling who it was, if you know what I mean. I said, I let these guys deal with their own issues. So You know, I I let that go for about 10 minutes, and I said, okay, I'm going to go down. So so I got the phone, and I just hit the thing, the the last button, the the last phone to call me, just hit it right away. And uh, and as soon as they answered, I said, listen, dirtball, this better be good to get me out of bed at 1130. What the heck is wrong with you now? And then the other voice at the end of the phone said, "Uh, Reverend Teeters, this is Sergeant So-and-so with the Milburn Police Department. (laughs) And I, I I said so I said I said, You gotta be kidding me. He says, No, sir. <laughs> and uh no, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Get those lights off. Uh, you can't see the red. Anyway. Anyway, um I said, I'm I'm so sorry. I said he said, Do you know Evan Scott uh Thomas? Um and um I said uh um, Davis, I'm sorry, Evan Scott Davis. And I said, uh, I do. I know him as Scotty. I said, I do. And he said, we found him walking around behind your building here. And uh, uh, and it's 1130 on Saturday night, and we know that that can't be good. And I said, you know, I so appreciate you calling me. And I said, he's okay. I said, I've got a key hidden back there somewhere, and he's trying to get into the office. And I said, it's okay. Anyway, we got it all straightened out. But let me tell you something. And granted, that's is that part of it relationships are hard work sometimes, okay? <laughs> they're hard work sometimes. And while that's a little of a different twist in a different way and a different style, it might be a different way for you. And the thing that you need to understand about that is, hey, um, you got to be intentional about this thing. You know, in this particular case, I don't have, to. I could let somebody else do that, but I, I, I got a relationship with these guys. Number one, they're vital to, I think, to our ministry at the church. Number two, they're, vi- they're, they're important to me as people. They're great kids. It's terrific. And I want to be a part of their lives. That takes work. You know, it's hard work. It's hard work. How about with your husband or your wife? Yeah. What well, you have to bring that up? Sometimes. Sometimes you get that. We got to go through this again. Yeah, we need to go through this again. Sometimes it's hard work. And that's the issue here. That's the thing we can't, we have to be intentional about avoiding isolation. We've got to be intentional about that. Don't let that that go. Don't miss that. We were made to live in community. We were made to live in community. And isolation and depression and loneliness are often a natural bent that we take, but God has something better, okay? In relationship with Him, When we come to Christ and say, Christ, Lord, I want to come to you. I want to give my life to you. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to to accept what you've done for me. I want to accept your forgiveness and your grace. And I want to become the person that you want me to become. And I want to take that to others. See, that's what it comes down to. It begins with a relationship with God through Christ and is carried out with people, that God puts in our path, whoever that might be. And you say, you know, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of good stuff there, Rich. I'm not sure that I really care. I'm not sure I want to do that. I've done pretty good in my life without really getting too far into that. I mean, uh, in just a minute, I want to show you something. Just, uh, I want to just read it with you and get you to look at it with me, and then we're just going to stop and pray. But uh, I, I think it summarizes everything that we've been talking about here. Right? And I want you to see this. C.S. Lewis said this. Here it is. Friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things that give value to survival. Just think about that. It is one of those things. Can you live without it? Yep. But it gives value to survival. That's the way God made us. And it comes as we understand relationship with God, and then others. Let's pray. So I'm praying, I'm going to ask the band all to come back up again. Lord, um, we, um, we thank you so much. This is hard, Lord, for some of us, because in this crowd, I have no doubt, and I know that there's some of us here who've been through fractured relationships and um, divorce and, and uh, divorce and marriages, divorce from friendship, in some cases, companies. Different ways, different forms of that. It's not easy. But, Lord, we know that You desire for us to live in community. And, God, we also know that only comes as we first come to You and recognize who God is and who Jesus is and what He's done for us and, and uh, for us on the cross of Christ and how He died and went to the tomb and was raised again to give us eternal and abundant life and a life that can better appreciate friendship, help from our friends. I thank you for that. I pray for each person here, that each one of us would just take time to, to reflect on this, to ask you to speak to our, our, our minds and our hearts, just to think through it, maybe talk with, with our mate or our friends, a close friend about this, and, and just, just explore it a little further. We thank you for that, Lord, and, and we, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.